relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Talking about MJ Biz because it's kind of a big deal, Michael. And you did a great job last week. Sorry, I was in Hawaii, and I, it's a fun thing to apologize for. That is a wonderful yeah. thing to be like, sorry, I couldn't make it. I was in Maui. It's a great thing to apologize for. And I got more time with Anna, so that was dope. I mean, I'm happy that you're back, you know, but we will have to share our amazing guest this week. So, I mean, that's fine also. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. And I, you got to spend more time with her in Vegas than I did because I, uh, I was being shuttled around like, like a cow that couldn't, <laughs> I was trapped at one point. I was like, this is, this is not good. I was, <laughs> so, yeah. Vegas and then Mike was like, like I'm mad having mad. fun. I was like, I'm being taken away from where we're supposed to be. <sighs> Vegas so. is definitely Mad Max in it like is. the modern world. Jane West, you guys, that's that's who you just heard. Jane West. I'm sure you saw it on the. I always like to act like we're surprising them, but then we put your name on the <laughs> on the title of the thing, so they have to see it before they push play. But yeah. and that's done. probably why they're pushing play. You know, they're like, "Oh shit, Jane West!" Damn. <laughs> yes, we do get spikes when you're on. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's nice to hear. Well, you're a truth teller, and I think people respond to that. And uh, she's <laughs> she's grimacing as sides. she's clenching her teeth, which is that is I understand. I understand as someone that says things when they're not supposed to. It is, and, and then doesn't understand why. That's usually <laughs> that's usually my. I'm like, why are you mad? And oh, okay, I'm I'm gonna go. <laughs> so can you? Because I was saying this before we started recording i didn't really know this thing existed a month and a half ago if i'm being honest and then someone mentioned it to us and i was like mike should we check this out and he was like oh yeah probably and uh, which is a lot of how our our business meetings go it's like oh, mike yeah, yeah yeah and you're like mike <laughs> could you help us out with the podcast um <laughs> But I don't even know the history. And then you were saying you've been to literally everyone, maybe except for one. So what was, how did it start? And now it is big. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, first of all, I like to call it Weed Week. Um, there's no like, particular <laughs> event brand I like to shout out. So I've always kind of called it Weed Week in Vegas. Um, but yeah, I was there at the very, very first one. You know, I started my first cannabis business in 2013. And it was, you know, January 2014 that adult use started in Colorado and Washington State. And that was it, just those two locations. Um, that was the year that I started my event series and, you know, ran into all the issues with uh, regulation. And, and that was also the year I launched Women Grow. So it was a big year for me in building my network. Um, and it was about in the summer of 2014 that it was announced that there would be a cannabis business conference in Las Vegas. And um, it really was the first of its kind by far. Um, all other conferences prior to that had been either like a more B2C, like customer facing normal style event, you know, like 
um, the hash bash in, in Michigan and, and hemp fest up in Seattle, but this was different. This was about business and making it about business, you know, for the first time, um, which was intriguing to me. And now I had done all the, these events here and there were tons of people across the country that I was hoping to meet that I hadn't met in person yet. And so as soon as they announced the dates, um, I did, I, I, I booked a suite at the rooftop of the Rio, which is where the conference was for the first uh, three, four years as the Rio Hotel, <laughs> uh, a hotel with no balconies other than for the one <laughs> street on top. So uh, a lot of people got smoked out. A lot of people got kicked out. I mean, that was back in the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, uh, people really descended on to Las Vegas. Um, it was in quarter four of 2014. I was planning a huge party, <laughs> um, consumption friendly, which is what, you know, I'd become known for. Um, but one of the interesting things about that conference, um, and that's still really true today, is how little consumption actually occurred at the event, so throughout the event, which, you know, is su surprising, at least it was to me at the time, and you know, in my outlook. Um, that was what our episode was mainly about two weeks yeah. ago, was me going like, like, why is no one smoking weed? It was like the disconnect of being like, um, I can't smoke it. And Mike was like, no, you can't. And I was like, I am very confused. <laughs> exactly. Why is there exactly. a beer garden in the convention center, but <laughs> no cannabis <Yeah>. smoking? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, and in, in 2014, it was even more strict. Uh, in that first year, but you know, people were starting to pay attention to uh, the cannabis, cannabis as a business. Um, but this was before Canada legalized. This was before companies started going public. This was so long ago. Um, but people really descended onto this event. Um, that was the year I met um, Alex from Fast Fast Company. Sent a reporter. It was a big news. Fast Company is going to cover the event and. Alex Halperin, who, who has gone on to create his own, you know, PR company, um, was there and met with him. Um, he came up to my party on the rooftop and, you know, we connected with other individuals. And in some ways, looking back that first year, um, that the first couple of days of the conference was, was some, one of the most like authentic community conferences I had been to, because it was people that were truly coming out of the woodwork that had never heard about this before, that had no idea what's, it, what's even going to be on the floor. There, there's only there's only there's like a couple dozen dispensaries in Colorado and Washington, and there's maybe like 50 growers that actually are licensed. So you know what are we even going to see here? Um, I, you know, a lot of it is the same thing you saw this year. You know, eight years later, lighting companies and 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 third party companies and whatnot. But um, yeah, so. I went in 2014, um, we wanted to really produce events where people could consume and come together around cannabis and build that cannabis community. Um, I'll tell you, you know, I, as, as usual, I don't have the best outlook on, on some of the companies and brands behind it. Um, <laughs> well, you shouldn't days, because they don't have the best <laughs> intentions, I don't believe. Right, well, that's the thing, you know, every, up until that point, everyone I had met that was throwing a cannabis event or in the cannabis space was doing something, you know, on the right side of history, was trying to bring people together, was approaching it as like, we need to build this community, we need to build this movement, there's plenty for everyone. And it was really like, I left that first conference with like a pretty bad taste in my mouth um, in terms of what MJ BizCon even was. But I learned a lot, like 
I did believe it was meant to be like a networking and a, a, a community building event. Um, but it turned out they were not happy with my consumption parties at all. Um, and that was mainly because I wasn't a sponsor of their event. You know, and that, and I, and to me that that was stunning. I I I had already gone through the criminal charges in Denver. I'd already done the the symphony orchestra event at Red Rocks. I had already formed Women Grow, and so to bring a network of people together and be able to take the risk of hosting this big consumption party in 2014, I would think that that was they would think that was a perk and a benefit. And instead, um, you know, the powers that be, the president of MJ BizCon. They were not into it and would and would really pretty um, aggressively pursue anyone hosting um, events that in any way were adjacent or around um, their conference in a way that I, I mean, at least for me personally, I, I received threatening letters from them. Room and Grow received threatening letters from uh, George Gage, the president of MJ this kind of the time. And and for a lot of small businesses that plan job fairs around it and other events around it, you know, they lost thousands of dollars on money that they had put down and contracted. And it, it was the first time that I had really experienced like a predator, such a predatory environment um, among the cannabis community. And, you know, it really hasn't stopped since then. Um, we can I, can I inter uh, that's fascinating because one of the biggest comedy festivals of the years in Montreal and part of that whole that whole experience is like there are you know there's that you go to the the showtime party afterwards or you go to the funnier die party is at this yes. other venue yes. and it's encouraged in this way because it makes <laughs> the whole thing like so to hear the organizers be like mm-mm that's yeah. no, it's short-sighted in my opinion that's incredibly short-sighted i couldn't agree more i mean they're the ones that sent the security up to the suite and you know like back as we started to like try to adjust and 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 shift our events for so so that was 2014 we learned that everyone loved our big party except for the people <laughs> producing the conference but we came back and did it again in 2015 and we came back and did it again in 2016 and, um, and it just kept getting bigger because it was the only way to really like be able to consume in the Rio hotel without, you know, getting kicked out of Caesars for good. They, they put stamps on your hands uh, when, you, when they caught you to make sure that you would not come back into that hotel at all. Um, and they have so, more than uh, stamps. They've had facial recognition <laughs> uh, technology. I, some of my drunker comedian friends aren't allowed in certain hotels and- <laughs> They've tried to get back in a lot, and they're like, they know. And I was like, yeah, they do, dude. Stop doing that. Well, so, you know, there's the one, and I think another thing that I, I became more privy to was just, like, how critical the money and the sponsorships are um, and how that really dictates so much of what you hear and what you see and the, you know, entire, like, messaging of the conference. Um, and that was concerning to me too at the time. You know, we are fighting for people to be able to have home grow. We're fighting for small businesses to be able to create cannabis businesses in their local communities. We're fighting for licensing to be available to all. And um, one of the things that has never really changed is how this corporate twist and this business twist of these conferences continues to put 
messaging on stage about limited licensing, about MSOs, about how to build your brand, um, without actually talking about the real issues that are still facing people who want to start their own cannabis businesses, which is inaccessibility to actually be able to participate in the market. Um, you know, the, the, at MJ BizCon, also I learned when, as you start to dig deeper, you know, it's a for-profit entity. And, and their goal is to have like a media side and a conference side and make money off of all of it and have sponsors pay for it all. Um, but as a result, there's just not enough, there's not journalists working there. There's not a critical eye being put on what the messaging that's actually being put out. And um, that was why I, I started just advising people like, you should go there for the networking. You should go there and connect with people, but don't net, like question everything you hear. Question what you're being told when people are advising you how to do it and where to go. Because those panels, those are sponsors of the conference. The topics they're talking about, they're the topics that support those sponsorships. And really what we need is like another generation of events popping up that are fighting for, you know, ex exactly the type of activism in cannabis that started all of this back then. I was, I was pretty disheartened to hear because like, you know, we started everything out and when, when they really started coming down on us with all the, the consumption events, um, I, I, it, that, that was when George Gage was president. And he's the guy that went and started MJ Unpacked after he got kicked out of MJ BizCon. So now here we are eight years later, everyone's like, oh no, there's two events. And which one are you gonna use? And which one are you gonna attend? And I'm like, these, these are the, this is a two-headed two monster with the same network, the same contacts and the same predatory behaviors that like were always there. Um, I really wish I saw more events popping up. I really wish like, and we, you kind of see it, um, but unfortunately it's just not mainstream enough for all of these new users to be, to tap into. Um, we, you know, we saw certain women's events and certain social equity events pop up, but they're like a cocktail hour in a room full of people. When in reality, what, those are the type of topics that, in my opinion, should be, you know, front and center on stage and what is actually being discussed um, on the regular, especially with people wanting to enter the industry. Um, so, you know, I have like my own opinions about these conferences. Um, I went 2014, 2015, 2016. Uh, by that point, I started to get, you know, I, as I saw the way the sector was evolving nationwide, and as even the concept, I mean, the word MSO didn't exist then. It wasn't until 2017 that that word multi-state operator even became part of our lexicon. Um, and so, you know, I took 2017 off. Um, I went to Prague for Canifest um, to kind of check in, tap in some more of like, the global community and see what was going on there. Mike, let's um, go to Prague. Sorry. Yeah, we're it. doing I, Prague. I need yes. to do that. Fuck Vegas. Let's go to Prague. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. We should okay. do that. Thank we you, Jay West. Thank you. Yes. Um, and you know, back in 2018, 2019, again, like really more of the same. Like, um, you know, sadly, a lot of the female owned businesses from um, Colorado and from those early days, those early activists, the people that like really put their risk and their business on the line to legalize cannabis, they're, they're just not there anymore. Whether they were contracted out, cut out or creeped out, they're just not, there isn't the level of female leadership that there once was um, in a lot of these states. And so, um, and that keeps happening more year after year. So, 
I, what, we attend these events because it's where everyone's going and it's bringing everyone together to one geographic location. And you guys saw that. I mean, my God, it was every, every single multi-state operators there. But on top of that, the packaging companies, the lighting companies, the trimming companies, the, you know, all the ancillary businesses are there. And of course, especially for someone who it is your first year, especially for someone who's like, I want to see what the hell, like I'm looking to get in the cannabis industry and I just want to dip my toe in it. Well, this is being like drowned in it in the middle of a tornado, but at least you're like getting some sense of all of the possibilities and all the businesses that are out there. I just, um, I hope that we can keep like building an audience to attend these events that's going with a critical eye, that's listening to what's being said and the communications that are coming out and questioning like, you know, how are you an expert? How did you end up on this panel? Who put this panel together? Why is this the topic we're talking about? Where does um, the, where does your capital come from? <laughs> that exactly. was the question I exactly. kept walking around. You just see these big signs, need capital. And you're like, this is bad, you guys. This Absolutely. is not, this is like when you're in college and you're a freshman and they're like, you like t-shirts? And you're like, yeah, we'll sign up for a credit card. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then you're 25, and well, like, what's credit? You're totally right. Also, like, I mean, there are more people, in my opinion, making money off of people trying to make money in the cannabis industry. Yes. Then there are people actually running revenue generating cannabis businesses. And, and, and that's just, the truth that is what's happening right now whether it's consulted the most glaring thing to me at that conference was you could get a loan you could get shelves you could get all this stuff but then when we went to see our friends at humboldt sea company they can't have their seeds there and here's the thing after that's where the thing that's where the whole thing starts (laughs) i hear you well that's what they got seeds all over prague that's for sure but here's We're the thing, and this We're is going. where, like, this is what I mean about my disappointment about nothing changing, is that, like, here we are eight years later. The conferences have grown to the point that they're taking over the whole convention center and dominating all of these hotels. Has any of that changed? Are any of those individuals fighting for the, for the ability to have, like, consumption lounges at these events? Are any of them fighting for the ability to, like, actually have clones and plants and seeds and the actual, like, the, I mean, all of it plays in to this concept that there, it still should be this tightly regulated plant that only you can have anywhere and you can't even have one on the showroom floor. Um, but it's that same restrictive mentality that's keeping people out of the market. It's that same restrictive mentality that's like continuing to have MSOs that are now publicly traded companies on the Canadian Stock Exchange. I mean, I look back, I was starting, you guys invited me on the, on the call and I wanted to look back through some of my old docs about MJ Biz, kind of the old file folders. And like, when you take a look at what so many of um, the powerful men were saying in 2015 and 2016 about what would happen, the promises that were being made about the future of cannabis, um, before any of them were publicly traded companies with shareholders to answer to, 
you know, before um, they lock in these policies with multi-state operators where they can just start like buying up this. I mean, it's amazing to me how hard it is to get a license, but as soon as you have one, they can be bought and sold in interstate um, without any question of who's building what. Um, you know, it's changed <laughs> so much. And the talking points out of the exact same individuals have changed so drastically. And I sit here today, you know, in 2021, watching these medical markets and caregiver models in like Maine and Michigan and other states just being decimated. Uh, and, and, and here we sit all, all this time later, is home grow a topic? How many people were talking about home grow at that conference? How many people were talking about like how to sell supplies to individuals who live in home growth states who want to be able to do that on their own? I only saw one small tent company. That was it. Because that was, in my mind, that's where I'm at. And I was curious, like you said, like that's curious to me. And there was only one and it wasn't for, it was, wasn't even designed for home grow. It was to clone some other, you know, they were, I was like, oh, I know what you're actually doing, but thanks for talking to me. And then the one that really got me was I was walking through and it was just that bail went off when I saw Amerigas, the company was there. And I was like, oh, well, all of you can fuck off forever because (laughs) this is what this is. And well, I mean, I'm so glad I went. Because it's also, you should, I think everyone needs to see it. And you're right. I also don't think the media does a good job. I went and tried to understand what their presence was there and how they were doing. And it's very unclear and kind of a mess because I was just, you know, preparing for next year. And I will talk after about our plans. But, um, (laughs) but it was what should be done is to show everyone across the country, yo, it's these big companies know it's coming and it's happening and they've been they're prepared to bulldozer over everyone and Mm -hmm. that's why the delay has happened so and and when you when you step through those doors on top of that and then you just see it all i just i mean ask mike i started laughing because i was like oh fuck off oh boy yeah yeah no i hear you so I have, so yeah, I mean, I think we're not going to see seeds on the show floor until Monsanto's in the biz, you know, just Hawthorne. like with America. You mean Hawthorne? You mean Hawthorne? <laughs> whoever, whoever's got enough money to do the thing. Well, I think that's you know, their, their, their child. That's Monsanto's their wing in there is the Hawthorne one, which was very funny that, you know, he was on the cultivation uh panel but you know that's a whole nother story (laughs) yeah those panels i mean that's the other thing after being in the sector for so long um i i look at i try to be like well they'll catch on but it's fine it'll be it'll be all these newbies all these little fresh eyes like all the shiny objects they'll come to their first year of weed week and and it'll it'll take them a while to figure it out and to find their way but really like the messaging there is concerning they're leaving with a mindset and a framework of what they think the cannabis sector is without an understanding of how pretty much totally new all this is how a very small group of individuals are really determining most of the national legalization and 
without like that critical eye. Like, again, I keep going back to that idea that I just wish there were more journalists working in cannabis, providing unbiased information about the sector and looking at these states and looking at legalization with a critical eye. I can, and this is going to, I can answer, this is going to sound depressing, but uh, every industry in America could use more journalists going (laughs) after these corporations. It's just, it's not, I don't, I don't, I think now what's the sad part about cannabis is like, and that's what happens when something becomes legal in a big market in America that this is the predatory part of chicken of beef of corn of that's they it's just the same players and they've named it something else and they've just shifted the one that i and i said this on the episode two weeks ago and i keep saying it to my wife i was like the one that really (laughs) made me mad at the thing was the shelving this dude is like it's special i was like motherfucker those are shelves no (laughs) shelves for camp no those are shelves those are you didn't invent shelves for marijuana shelves have been Mm -hmm. around for it was just it was some of it was maddening and then you're like and i said to mike too you didn't i I like dudes in sweatshirts. That's my favorite part yep. of cannabis. Those are the best people in cannabis. Like mm-hmm. like people in sweatshirts and and their hydro flask. Like those are the people I want to hang out with. And they were nowhere on that floor. And when I did see them, they had the same look in their eyes I did. Like, how do we get out of this? Right, right. It's no, all I, I dudes totally I was in fraternity with, with that I hate. That's who's on that floor. <laughs> They look like yeah. they used to work for Enterprise and now they work yep. for Amerigas. It's this. Yep. You came. I, Jane was like, I I'm not going to be positive about this before we got on. <laughs> and I was like, well, come on, because I'm not either. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I hear you loud and clear. And, and that is exactly what's happening. Like, one of the things that concerns me so much is like the people aren't aware of how much we're creating a lexicon and like we're creating every single time this conference happens and everyone descends into one location and then departs they leave with a thought of what the future is going to be of what the next thing is going to be about what they're going to do in the space and it like saddens me how few women and people of color left that conference being like i want to be just like that person because they didn't see the person that they wanted to be not, and when it, I mean, especially like even back in the day, you know, at least there were like the hoodies and the hippies and the dudes, like those guys are gone too. They're not there. And, uh, it, you know, it doesn't help that they have the, I like the conference in October. Like I like the longer days. I like being able to hold meetings at the pool, but you know, we usually did hold the, the conference usually was held later in the year. So people who are actually doing a real harvest in Croptober, people who are really running grows right now, they weren't there. And the other group of people that never really seem to be at MJ BizCon are people from Colorado because Colorado is the closest thing to like free market and California, Colorado and California, definitely like for how big of a role they play in the sector, especially back then. They always, there was always seemed to be a lack of people from those states, but I think that spoke a lot to the fact that in Colorado, we've got hundreds of dispensary owners. We've got thousands of people licensed to grow. 
and they're in Colorado running their businesses, you know? And so we end up also getting this different, you know, batch of people that are there for the corporate play, that are there for, you know, what the larger entity is doing, that are there to like make a bit of a splash and hopefully like be able to make some posts for their shareholders. Like it definitely is, you know, a, a completely different uh, group that you, you see coming to these conferences now and kind of always has been. No, for sure. I mean, the... <laughs> I mean, this, this is the first time that I haven't had a grow in a decade. And, you know, that just changed recently. But, you know, I was like, oh, I can go to MJ Biz now because I don't have plants to take care of. And, <laughs> yep. you know, as far as nutrient companies, I saw the nutrient companies. I didn't see a lot of farmers there. Most of my friends who grow are like, yeah, we don't really go to that. We got other stuff going on. And you can right. even tell because, I mean, this there was like maybe five things that interest me there where I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. But mm -hmm. the majority of it was just like, oh, I would just build something like that. Why is it going? And I did see a lot of people from new states that just legalize and are getting into the industry, just kind of walking in. And I was like, oh, these poor people are just going to be taken advantage of. They're just going right. to be sold. Like, here's how you grow your cannabis. And it's like, nah, that's not how you do it. That's how they're going to sell it to you that that's how you do right. it. Then. It's so sad. It's like, I wanted to like take them aside and be like, you don't need half of this shit. Well, and then I no, did absolutely. find a couple of like people doing interesting, like kind of uh, like like we're reaching out to this guy who's tracing. He's using metadata to find all the medical stuff. And he was in this back booth way deep. And I was like, I just kind of was like, what is this? And he just seemed shocked that I was even in, like someone was talking to him. It, it just like startled <laughs> him. And I was like, hey, no, I was like, I kind of. And they, you know, they look at your badge too to read if yeah. it actually talk to you or not, which is Mike pointed that out. He's like, they're, they're reading if you, I was like, well, they're very confused when they read Mike. They're like, I don't know what you do. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Right. You got to talk to me now, fucker. Um, I well, cuss and sadly, we like the terminology, you know, so many people are calling themselves entrepreneurs <laughs> and so many people are calling themselves investors. And those are the two, two of the most subjective, undefined words that like you can use to like describe yourself and what you're doing in the cannabis space. And yet that's just accepted, you know? And so um, it, it's- uh, It's called producer I thought it was, You know, I thought it was predatory before <laughs> in like the early days. And now like from what I hear, especially when it comes, like you said, to lending and money, like we know all the big guys, all the MSOs, like they, they're proud to say that they're the heirs to their parents' fortunes. You know, we know how they got this far self-funded without banking. And then now they're all publicly traded companies on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And, you know, Jim Cramer from Mad Money, can't wait to have them on. So they have more access to unlimited capital. Um, but it's even, but now it's worse than ever because of exactly what you said earlier in the podcast was that everyone is trying to figure out a way to get uh, to basically monopolize on people's idealism and, and, and what they believe they're going to be able to do and what they believe that they're you know, capable of doing and in terms of money, because we 
still don't have solid access to banking in the cannabis space. We still don't have, cannabis businesses cannot just open up a Shopify account and obviously not sell cannabis, that's not what I'm saying, but like all of the other accoutrements in the space, like you have so many challenges. We still have amazing, uh, you know, minority and female-owned businesses that are getting their Instagram accounts shut down, let alone not being able to get banking. So to see that so many people have seen, again, like making money off of people's idealism, making money off of people trying to make money. In entertainment, like, we call that dream profiteers, where they're that's, just, that's what they're, they're, they're taking advantage of people's, like their dreams and wanting to better themselves and live a happy yeah. life. And they're like, well, you need this and you need headshots and you need this shit. And you're like, motherfucker, I don't need that. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see it more and more with the debt financing and all of these other structures in place. It's because like, if that many businesses just fought to actually get us access to banking, it would be something we'd all have. There'd be plenty to go around. And in, instead it's, you know, these lenders and, and different royalty structures that are being put in place over and over again that, you know, people are destined to fail. Um, and and it's that, that's just disheartening me too. I don't want, like, it sounds, I have such a critical eye of these events because it, it does bother me how many newbies are coming in and leaving with a skewed idea of what's possible and 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 also more importantly a skewed idea of like what what they need to succeed um because i've seen plenty of individuals succeed um when they're confident in what they're doing when they're dedicated to the network they're truly building of other business owners who see the future of cannabis the way they do and they start building businesses together like those are the things that give me hope um, and, and I want more people to leave these conferences feeling that way and knowing that if they really wanted to do it, they don't need to buy into the, to the you know, lending programs. They don't need to sell out to the big MSOs. They don't need to do you know, a lot of these steps that people are, are putting in place, like are bought, really hurdles. I think the thing that I 100% agree with you. And I think some of the solution, because I've been thinking about this too, is like, it's like, it's Eugene's a great example of the of a great solution to this. Humboldt County is a great solution to because it revolves around like most farming is community based. So it when Mike had his his grow, I was I remember the first time I went in there, I was like, who made these shelves? And he was like, oh, my friend is a fabricator. And he went and I just designed them. And I was like, that's how that works. That's what I grew up, you know, my grandpa was a cattle farmer. So, you know, when it comes, when it came time to cut the hay, so-and-so had this piece of equipment, so-and-so, and we all traded and that's how that worked. And that can still happen. I think the plant <laughs> is our best hope about combating the corporatization because it, you know, it doesn't respond great to mass growing, which is so awesome. Um, Agreed. So I think the it can be protected. Like I did leave hopeful. You know, I leave Vegas every time. Like get me out of here. Yeah, um, that yeah. is. Ugh, we've this your is, love tank is empty. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we gotta go. Yeah, like I'm going to replenish my yeah. soul. Is where yes, that is. But I left kind of. I mean, 
the business part is the business part. It was to me interesting and gross to see it all there. And I think it's important. Like, I think I know how we can report on it next year a little proper. Uh, but the coolest part was the stuff orbiting those two conferences, like yes. your party Indeed. and then these other parties where, like, I was, that's opened my eye to be like, this is where we can, cool people doing cool things can come together, but it's not going to be from this this uh business entity mm -hmm. that's that's you know what it, it is yeah. what it is but we can use it for good if we let it and that was the i met mm -hmm. some neat neat people that i wouldn't have wouldn't have normally met and i'm so glad we went but i probably you know it's expensive for what <laughs> but and honestly, I mean, one of the highlights for me was your party, Jane, you know, because it is a curated group of people who are like, oh, these are real people, you know, there's tons of, you know, female, you know, business owners there who I'm like, oh, I love you. People yes. we've interviewed and been able to like connect and just be like, this is so cool to see you and just be in a room like that gave yes. me a chance to catch my breath from being on the conference floor, just being like, oh, yes. these are the good people. These are the people yes. <laughs> I want to be around. So I mean, though, those things are important there. Mike did point and out as we're walking through the conference, too. he's like, you don't see anyone that we know here. And I was like, hey, you don't. <laughs> yes, That's a good point. That is true. He's like, they're that all here, but true. we don't. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> totally true. And, you, and you're right. I mean, I, I have, I'm lucky because of my, you know, history in the sector I, I have my own like little eagle's nest up there where I can like bring the people together and, and it is, and those are the moments, you're absolutely right, where it gives me hope. It, it also like when you're able to bring together independent cannabis business owners, which are so very rare and in some states there's zero. So like it, it's amazing how much like they are e able to like, instantly form this commune because they're doing all the same things in each individual state on their own and fighting all the powers that be on their own and and they need to see more of each other and they, as as examples of individuals that aren't just like selling out that aren't just like you know have a position within a company but instead know that they have the ability to own their own cannabis business to determine the future of that and how they're going to grow it and to watch each other do that and support each other. Like when we bring together all these um, independent cannabis growers and then also like, pe like people of color in the space and women in the space who actually own their own businesses, um, it really, like the energy is magnetic and it multiplies um, because they learn so much from each other that's applicable. That comes back to what I was talking about, about what you're listening to on the panels. It's like, what's the point of listening to like, oh, what, what your founder agreement is? If you live in the state of Illinois, you're not going to get a license for four years. Who cares? You know, like there, it, 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 it ends up distracting individuals from the actual work they have to do to establish their own cannabis business. And so when you actually bring all those people together, um, and I, I mean, I just sit back and watch too, because it's just so great. And, and, and then they see, you can see it, they light up, they spark each other's like 
actual desire to go back to their businesses, back to their states, bring that energy back with them and bring back all those lessons learned. And then, you know, they all start following each other. They see how each other are growing each other's businesses. You know, ultimately cannabis consumption is all occurring at a local level geographically. Like you're going and buying something that was grown in your state from a store in your area, talking to a bud tender who is your neighbor. And like when you can keep building businesses that way and then watch it happen, like at the very least, like that's, that gives me inspiration. That gives me hope. Um, bringing people back together who are knowledgeable in the space and also willing to share, you know, like that's the one thing about cannabis that I will never really be able to wrap my head around is how much protectionism there is in the space and how many walls are instantly put up as soon as people are licensed. And, and whether that's a wall to knowledge, meaning like you can't, you're not going to learn how to do this until you pay us this thing. Proprietary information. Yeah. So it's very, it's very, very, it's a plant in their soil. <laughs> I can't tell you anything about it. Yeah, that's you know? it. Yeah. Oh, do you know um, about a new, do you know about a new element that no one else knows about? <laughs> yes. Well, our lights are the best lights and all the lighting light lens. You um, guys, then, I don't think know, much has changed with growing plants in the last no. few thousand years. <laughs> no, I know I, I got a new periodic table no one knows about. Um, yeah, there's also the sun, mm. which is like an like interesting how like just that's also like defining. Like there's so few people pushing for like sun grown licensing in so many of these places. So like that's what I mean about this defining lexicon. Like if you really didn't know what you're doing at all and you walk the trade show floor, you'd walk up being like, okay, I gotta get a cinder block room. I gotta replace the light of the sun. Then I need to cool the room down because the lights are very hot. And that like, you're, you're talking about this like environmental impact for making a grow that is absurd. And it's legal. <laughs> so you don't have to hide it. That's why they all did that. Right. Right, right, right. You're exactly. Um, that's what I mean about having this next gen. I want, I, I, I want them to leave with a more discerning eye as to like what they're being sold and why. Um, because we know sun-grown cannabis is something people love, and for the amount of flour that's being turned into extract anyway, it certainly should have been grown indoors. So, you know, we just need to keep that conversation up. And unfortunately, a lot of the people like. You guys, like us, like a lot of the people within your network, they're not on those panels. They're I'm, not saying those things, you know? I'm lying. So, so if you need <laughs> me to say things and I'm not a grower or like necessarily affected by the industry, if I piss somebody off, you guys just let me know what I need to yell. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm here. I mean, honestly, it is. Like that's because it started with like, with me being like this is there's nothing wrong with this and people need to put a face people need to see the people that grow this stuff because it's just their aunts and uncles and cousins and moms and dads and and then going to this business thing we're like oh fuck here's a different battle and mm -hmm. but i don't care to fight it my whole life and and i think that there's also this disconnect between people when we say big money we don't mean these these 
heirs that started you know that's not the big money we're like we're not talking about people that are trying to make 10 million dollars and retire we're we're talking Mm -hmm. about people that are coming in with billions and trying to eliminate competition that's yeah like like being a millionaire at this point is not being rich that's going to be just surviving is what this that Mm -hmm. is so when people hear that kind of money they need to understand too like we we need to protect these people that you might think are rich but they're not they're just operating on a small level and philip morris and some of these that's the first thing i thought when i saw that i was like well you know the practical side of me was like i should move some money into philip morris um (laughs) and then the other you know my heart was like don't and i was like i know but you know it would be good Uh, when you when you talk about larger companies who want to come in and lose money for three to four years that's what we're talking about like that that is a destructive to yes. the community that is what will yeah. destroy them those are the people yeah. that we're worried about where they're like our business model is to lose money not to grow great yeah. cannabis it's to lose money that's the people who are the true enemy i believe wonderfully I, said i hear you you know i i were i hope that i just hope that um enough people come into these types of events like and instead of leaving being like, okay, I think I learned, a, I think I learned the game. I'm ready to play the game. Like, I hope they just know that it is all a game and, and they, and that they have way more control over it than, than, than they even know. And, 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 and I just hope that, that more people are seeing that and looking at things with a critical eye and realizing how much difference they can actually make on their own. Um, and I do hope, I mean, that we let's go back to the home grow just real quick like duh like it's a plant we should all as the citizens of this each state that legalize this plant should also have the right to grow it on their own as they wish under their own conditions in on their own property and just the until we're attending cannabis conferences that are pushing for home grow or pushing for patients rights or pushing for you know the types of things that we know will lead to a more equitable, welcoming space for cannabis, then you you know it's just not right. You know something's something's not right. Amen. No, it's complete utter bullshit. It's not legal until the plant's legal. Mm-hmm. Jane, thank you so much for your wisdom and your time. This was you're so much more educated articulate than (laughs) fuck these motherfuckers (laughs) thank you so much for your time mike thank you for being out there too i really appreciate we're gonna get louder and yeah that's the mistake they made at mj biz was letting us in this year because now we saw how it is and i was like ask mike i was like oh i know how to do this okay so so i have like i never even like once i was so pissed once they came after my parties and my events and like really tried to like take us down i was like i'm never going to that conference i will never get get a pass and i never did until like one year i like i had to get down the floor to get these silly passes for this silly party and i they're like i'm not giving it to anybody but jane west so i just like borrowed my my friend's pass to go actually walk on the trade show floor i walk in the door the first thing i do boom right i walk right into the president of mj biscon and like i am not i'm wearing a badge does not say 
<laughs> I am obviously Jane West. And so that was like the you... only time I walked on that floor, but like it was definitely entertaining. Um, and yeah, hopefully there'll be more events sprouting up in the future and more ways to bring the community together. And having people like you there with a discerning eye is really important. No, you are obviously Jane West. That's the truest <laughs> statement I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> 